So for this episode, I have Jen Green, the Senior Manager for U.S. Affiliate Operations. I was introduced to Jen through a mutual friend, uh, Andrew Charlesworth, who also works for CrossFit HQ. He's a you know, CrossFit seminar instructor, colleague of mine, gym owner. He's been on the show before. Jen and I get connected after the podcast episode where I had Frank come on. Frank is leading that CrossFit Affiliate Owners Collective movement where they're attempting to buy back CrossFit from the private equity group because they don't like the way it's being ran. And, and you know, there's a whole thing. Go check out that podcast episode. But anyway, Jen and I get together. And what I really enjoyed about her is I asked her before the podcast, is there anything I can ask you? I'm not trying to get you fired at work. She goes, no, fuck it. Yeah, ask me whatever. And she's very candid and very upfront that a lot of affiliates who feel they should be getting more for their affiliation or affiliates who are complaining about things that are really traced back to their shitty business, that's on them. And that CrossFit's here to support and will continue to steadily support, but we are not here to fix your shit business. So I, I really did enjoy, and that's me summarizing in my own words what she said, um, but you guys can listen to how kind of she, she phrases it, but I thought she was very candid, very open, no bullshit, really enjoyed it. And I have to apologize. I fucked up the audio towards the end. You're going to notice a quick little technical glitch towards the end. And then she's got a shitty echo the last couple minutes of the podcast. That's your boy's fault. Fucking around with some new um, streaming software. And uh, I'm a moron. So my bad. Enjoy this conversation with Jen Green. What is up, guys? It is Stu. And it is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. And uh, I'm honored. I've got Jen Green on here. The senior manager of the U.S. affiliate operations. So you're not old. What does senior mean? Does that mean that there's someone who has the title of just regular manager and they're le they're like less than you in the hierarchy? No, I think it was just like, hey, let's give her a cool title, you know? So. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Jen, do me a favor. Give everyone kind of the, the two-minute summary of kind of how you found yourself into the fitness industry and into this role with CrossFit. Is it CrossFit HQ? What's it called now? Yeah, uh, you can call it CrossFit HQ. It's CrossFit um, Inc. I think is the official. But yeah, I just say CrossFit. Cool. Yep. Awesome. Um, so um, I played sports in high school and <clears throat> found CrossFit. What'd you play? Probably, oh, I did uh, track and field and basketball. What was your event in track and field? Um, long jump, triple jump, and the 400 meter relay. Oh, fuck. You're explosive as hell. <laughs> How old Some are you? Days. <laughs> I'm 42. 42? You look fucking yeah. great. Uh, okay. Oh, no, I'm just you. always interested when someone gives, tells me, especially in track and field, because it's, yeah, it breaks you down. And there's two distinct categories in that world, in that sport. Yep. And uh, yep. very cool. Okay. Continue. Yeah. Sorry. Yep. No, you're good. Um, and so out of um, high school, got married, gained a lot of weight, found CrossFit 17 years ago. Um, and was just like, I don't know what this is, but let's just, let's just do this. And so... Um, continued with that. Um, I now own the affiliate that I started at and um, during COVID was nominated by my community to support uh, the affiliates as a district rep with HQ to just kind of listen to affiliates through COVID and from there just continue to evolve the passion I had for not only helping those in my community but helping affiliate owners and um, stepped into the regional role and then last June stepped into the U.S. role. Awesome. Now, 17 years. So you and me found CrossFit. I was like 2006-ish timeline, um, 2005, 2006. So pretty much the same timeline. When you first found it, how many years from then until when you opened your affiliate? You said that was COVID? Um, so I opened my – so I bought the affiliate that um, – we have so they opened in 2007 and then in 2000 until 2015 i took over ownership got it what yeah. what happened like uh was that a typical owner didn't want to do it anymore it was mismanaged and it was just an easy way for you to kind of step in and i can fix this thing i care more yeah so pretty much the whole time me and my husband were like, we want to buy the gym. If you ever want to sell it, we had no idea like what that even entailed. Um, I worked in corporate mortgage banking. And um, so I was just like, Oh, this seems like it would be a fun thing to do. Um, in 2014, the owner um, had pretty much taken like a turn health wise. 
a super young owner, um, took a turn health wise. And just throughout that year, just kind of, we cultivated that relationship. And at the end of the year, um, was like, Hey, we actually just want to give you the business. So, um, you know, within that, like, here's what it looks like. Um, here's what to do. And, you know, we just kind of took it over from there blindly and we're like, here we are today. Was it a Pandora's box shit show when you got it? Like, okay, there's a lot that needs to be fixed here. There was, there was, and to to their just you know defense or whatever, it was a hobby for them. And so when we took it over, um, there was no billing methods in place, no policies, no procedures, and so um, it actually took me a really long time to figure out that we actually needed that because um, I still worked at. Um, the bank for a long time. So not that it was a hobby, but it was just a, a quick passion. Um, and then it was like, oh, I can make this a business. I can make this a successful business. And so then I started like looking into mentoring and what I needed to do, policies and processes. And um, so here I am today. Awesome. Very cool. Um, so yeah. when you say your community recommended you for a district position like is that your mm -hmm. members like how does that i guess i always just figured you know andrew you know uh is who you know charlesworth connected us and obviously he's been on seminar staff and i figured that was just kind of the trajectory for any of these upper are they getting kind of these like regional manager level roles is you know kind of you've been around for a while you've done seminar staff but was that the case for you were you doing seminar staff and then transitioned or was it a little bit different no, um, I was not doing seminar staff. Um, I'm definitely, I don't think I'm called out to be that way, <laughs> seminar staff, but um, within that, so during um, COVID 2020 and with um, everything with like the situation with Glassman, um, when Dave was in that interim uh, CE role, CEO role, um, he'd kind of put it out there to nominate some people within the community that kind of be boots on the ground, right? Um, and support. And so um, I had my community nominate me within my members. I had other gym owners in the area nominate me um, all in, all throughout the region. Um, and when I actually got the call for interview, it was, I had received the most, like, than anyone, the most nominations. So I was like, oh, that's exciting. But yeah. So did you, like, now, was this like, uh, like every gym list, every gym owner listening to this, every city has like the best of our city, right? Where you can have like mm -hmm. the best gym in Charlotte, North Carolina, and you have your members vote for it and you kind of campaign and get all your, was it like, do you have to campaign for that to get that? Or was it like, no, people just did it. And I just got an email from Castro one day saying, Hey, you made it to the next round. I was like, Oh shit. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh my gosh. I like, I knew it existed. I nominated a couple other people. And then like, when I got the email, I was like, Oh my God, that like people nominate me, but you know, I was, I was really big and I really still am about trying to connect affiliates in the area. So like, I would always be the one to support other gym events, other gym grand openings and um, things like that. And, and actually thinking back to like when my husband and I like announced that we were truly like the owners of our gym, a lot of people in the community were like, are you not already the owners for the last you know, nine <laughs> or 10 years. <laughs> so, um, and that's, um, I was like, oh, it's a, it's a good compliment, but I love it. What's the name of your affiliate? Uh, CrossFit Greer. And, and that's I'm in Greer. South Carolina. So I'm South Carolina. Uh, right, oh. yep, right yeah. outside of Greenville. Um, yeah. So about an hour and a half south of Charlotte. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yep. If I, I thought I love Greenville. Like that's if I had to, if I had to stay in the Carolinas because my kid is in Charlotte, right? But I wanted to like I had I wanted to get out of Charlotte. It'd be Greenville. I love yes. it's just a smaller, very cool city. I it's my yeah. favorite quick little getaway from Charlotte. Yeah. A little it. bit of everything. So yes, agree, I agree. I agree. Um, okay, so what the hell does it mean for you to like? What does your title on a day to day basis besides running a small business across the Greer? You're the U.S. Affiliate Operations Senior Manager. What does that mean? Yeah. So um, in the U.S., we have six field reps there um, in regionally. So Northeast, Southeast, Midwest, South Central, Central, and West Coast. And I support those reps. Um, so within that, they each have anywhere from 700 to 1,000 affiliates that they support. Um, receiving inbounds, having hard conversations, having good conversations, directing them to our resources, um, just anything day to day. I um, mean, so I support that that team. 
Um, on top of that, I work cross-functionally across the company. So um, representing for like speaking on behalf of affiliates with the education team. So like, is this something that would benefit affiliates? How can we get this into affiliates type thing? Um, sport, you know, media marketing product team, all like they are representing, here's the feedback from affiliates. This is what I think would work or what we don't think would work um, from there. So having a representation across all departments. So six districts, six regions, about up to a mm-hmm. thousand affiliates per. So is there, is that how many are in the U.S.? Six thousand affiliates. Um, there it's a little less than six thousand. And then commercial where are we and at non-commercial worldwide right now, worldwide. Um, around around thirteen thousand. Got it. Okay. Thirteen, fourteen. Yeah. So, you know, I had Frank on, and he's got Frank's got ideas. You know, he's got some very ambitious, lofty goals. And I, I told him at the very end, I said, listen, man, I, I love anyone with a crazy idea. All right. Anytime when you tell someone this is fucking insane, there's no way this is happening. You're never going to do it. I just kind of naturally pull for, for that position. Right now, granted, yeah. I, I also think about, uh, the reality and the practicality of some things. And I'm a, a big proponent of the fact that I, as a former CrossFit affiliate and someone who I uh, you know, found this whole thing in 05, 06, and I, I true, even though I'm not in that world anymore, and, and due to the probably um, a lot of people probably wouldn't believe this or agree with it, I'm still a huge fan of the brand. I truly am, and I always will be. But I uh, I thought a lot, of, I, I didn't agree with a lot of stuff that, that Frank said. Um, I think you guys are doing more. I think it's a big ship to turn. Right? Yeah. Is that, you, Creating support for 13,000 small business owners, that's not something that gets done in 36 months. Right. Right. Yeah, like, I exactly. mean, it, it's, it's crazy. So can you give like a real tactical example of like great idea from affiliates, but like, do you know how many dominoes have to get the fuck knocked down in order for this thing to happen? Like, what is one of the things that a lot of them want? And in it, when you say it, it doesn't seem like that hard. It doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but actually yeah. to make it happen, it's monumental. It's, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah. So I think, um, they have a lot of high expectations just for like marketing and media. Um, and, and I wouldn't say that it's like not a hard thing to do, but kind of looking at a lot of people kind of go back to like the old days when we had a full blown like media team, but what was the content coming out then? And what is the content that they're asking for now is a little different. And so thinking back to Frank, Frank wants us to log into his Instagram account and post stuff for him um, <laughs> within that. Um, and so I think it's more so of like, what can we provide to educate simple and easy to affiliate owners to get out there to post and to share? How can we educate them on their own content and how do we get them to share the content that we do have? Um, Cause you know, we do have a ton of resources on YouTube. We have a ton of resources within our media marketing kit in our affiliate toolkit itself. And how can we just continue to educate from that? Um, one hurdle with that is just having the request of 13,000 affiliate owners that want this or want that. And it's, you know, they all essentially want the same bigger picture, but someone specifically wants, CrossFit on a park bench. This person wants CrossFit on a billboard. This person wants CrossFit in a Super Bowl um, commercial. This person wants to see CrossFit in their doctor's office on the magazines. And so it's like, how can we satisfy the request? Because you're going to help one person and you're not going to make the other person happy um, within that. So just being very, very broad in there. Do you think for in a licensed model like this, in which you're simply just paying this very nominal, very low fee to use one of the largest fitness brands out there that it should come with marketing? Do you think no. that CrossFit HQ, okay, yeah, elaborate on that. Where, where, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so um, I signed my license agreement just for the name. And I think about the business and just the name itself has brought me my clients. Um, within that. And so just continuing like to add anything on top of that is just extra icing and sprinkles on the cake. Um, in my opinion. I agree. I think some people like 
a license, kids. You could be a real estate. You like if you have a broker's license in a state, you have to have a license. That license allows you to say you're a realtor in that state. It allows you to do certain things. Yep. They're not setting up your fucking your, your website. They're not like, and that's why most realtor again. I'm just using another license model like realtor. They go to work yep. for Keller Williams or Century Twenty One or some other firm who has all the marketing stuff in house and does it. They take their license and they go join something kind of like what a franchise would do. They would go find a company that's going to do all this for them, but they don't go to the, the North Carolina or South Carolina rack real estate commission board and say, Hey, I paid you this money to get my license and you're not helping me do anything else with it. That's what a license is. Right. It's like, it, yeah. it's like if someone went to rent a car and you're like, yeah, there's no Chipotle in the back seat. Like, why the fuck would there be? Like, well, right, exactly. you want me to drive? Yeah. The, you want me to drive on this road trip without eating something? That's kind of dumb. I think you should probably supply me some food. Like, it makes exactly. no sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why do you think it is that Frank and uh, you know a cohort of other affiliate owners? Why do you think they believe that is owed to them? It, to me, it seemed like it was something to do with, well, if we are supporting the brand the brand should then be turning around and supporting us. Like, I think that at least that's what I kind of heard. I didn't, what's your yeah. opinion? Yeah. So, and I like struggle with this often is like the sense of entitlement. Um, and just, I'm like, I don't think I ever once thought that CrossFit owed me anything additional. And so then I start thinking about like the people that we talk to um, on a day-to-day -day basis that might be having trouble, like their business is struggling or they can't get coaches or they can't keep coaches. And so digging into those root reasons and people are like, oh, well, it's because CrossFit didn't give me that. And I'm like, actually, I mean, like you're a business owner, you need to own that responsibility. But we have implemented a lot of things that can help you do that. Um, and so lots of times when we hear those arguments, it's that they have not been super successful in their business and it's, you know, they are not going to own up on that. And so it almost falls into like, oh, well, I'm just going to blame CrossFit because they didn't, you know, put CrossFit on a park bench for me. Do you, I, you know, who I don't hear complaining a lot are, uh, are the affiliates, that have figured out how like how client acquisition and marketing and things work. Yeah. Like every small business that that's a part of having a small business is you have to figure that there's a lot we have to figure out as small business owners. Um, and I, I didn't hear a lot of them upset about again, $4,500 a month, whatever that or $4,500 a year, you know, this nominal fee per month kind of scenario. I, I also, at the same time, I guess I remember the days when it was widely known as, you know, Glassman essentially, and I'm paraphrasing, like, I don't know. Like Glassman's gym was not a profitable training gym. He did, like, he right. was openly, he was the guy that had a drawer and people just drop checks in, right? And shut it. Yeah. Like he was open, like, I'm not a business guy. I wouldn't know what the hell to tell you to do. I'm just going to talk about the one thing I think I know better than most. Yeah. So, and again, and then, you know, just like CrossFit was this son and you had the Kelly Starrettes of the world and you had the... Uh, the rowing factions and the, you know, Chris Coopers and the affiliate use me and everyone else who spun off from the sun. We all created our own little ecosystem due to this, this thing. I just still don't understand where this idea of, Hey, I'm a part of this thing. I like, I, I, I just don't understand where the, the agreement went awry, where people thought I should get more for this thing. And you guys, you know, again, these, um, what do you guys call them? The, these free meetups that you put on for all the gym owners, all the affiliate owners. We're like, okay, I know people will come and talk summits. Yes. Yeah. Is Frank's voice, is that what you're hearing? Are you hearing a lot of people post the price raise on the affiliation fee? Where are, are most people asking for more or are most people like, this is a non-issue. It's not even a topic that people are discussing. And Frank and that crew are the very loud minority. Yeah. Um, I think, I wouldn't say they're necessarily asking for more, but a lot of affiliate owners don't know what all there is. And so like after the, after the price change, um, our team did, and actually the global team um, had a lot of conversations. So I would say their calendars were fully bulked of just having conversations with affiliate owners of, you know, like, why is it going up? What do I get for my money? 
you know, again, like outside of the, just the name on the license, we still wanted to be able to provide other stuff. And so having those conversations and after those conversations, a lot of them are like, okay, that's cool. You know, um, like it, it, that is great, you know, or let me figure out how to use this or how to, you know, take advantage of this product. Um, at the summits, the people that are there, they're like super excited to be there. The business content that we provide, the coaching content we provide. So there's a lot of value. And a lot of people have said that like their affiliate dues for the year are worth just showing up for that one day. I'm, uh, I'm trying to think how I want to word this next one. So when it comes to small business owners in general, I don't care if you sell pizza shops, nail salons, CrossFit gyms, whatever the fuck it is. Most of us are uh, highly educated in the craft, like the thing that we do, whether making the widget or providing the service. Generally, yep. most of us are ignorant when it comes to the, the larger idea of business. Like I never took a business class in my life in college, yep. right? And, and I knew that. And I knew, I remember working in my first affiliate, I was getting paid $600 a month, CrossFit Middle Tennessee. I, I still thank them forever for letting me come and be a part of that because I instantly knew, oh, I will fuck this up. I like I was an exercise science major. I felt like I knew everything in the sun coaching wise. And I, I did compared to what I knew business wise. So I went to work, go work for a Globo gym company for two years. And I, that was like my business boot camp. Like that was like where I learned the basics. Now it wasn't a CrossFit gym, but it had all the basics of payroll and budgets and client acquisition and sales and retention and HR and all mm -hmm. these things. As small business owners, we generally jump into this thing, a ton of knowledge on our thing, not a ton of knowledge on the business side. As you guys have been putting together more business content, how are you carefully towing the line between, well, we're a license, best practices, here we go, versus a franchise? Like, do it like this. Use yeah. push press. Like, how are you towing that line? Because um, I always thought it would have been really easy for you guys to, like, tap Chris Cooper and be like, hey, buddy, we're going to let you, like, you've already got a system for this and affiliates like you run with it. Um, yep. but that never happened. And I don't know if there's a Greg thing or how, how leadership thinks about it now, but how do you guys think about business guidance going forward? Yeah, no, we think if you excel in something like, let's just highlight you. So, um, you know, most people, like you said, totally, they, they do CrossFit, they take their level one. They're like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. I'm coaching. Oh my God, I'm going to open an affiliate. And then they know nothing about business, nothing about managing people. And so um, within that, we've tried to connect with like the top people in those areas and just kind of refer to like refer, hey, if if we can kind of give you some best practices to take, if that helps you, that's great. If you need additional help, it might be best that you contact this mentor um, that you do this. Or if you need you know, additional additional help in here, let's just kind of guide you with that. So we also do a lot of um, regional roundtables where they're topic specific. And so on those, um, like Katie had the other day, had a payroll consultant on there and just said like, hey, here's some basic payroll things to think about. Here's some taxes, here's some laws, like obviously check your state to be sure, but it was a very good resource that we can kind of connect affiliate owners into something that I don't know that we've ever gotten. And so we've just kind of continued to do that. And we're very clear of like, hey, these are um, best practices. These are just suggestions. You know, are you struggling with, you know, retention, then maybe here's some ideas for you to kind of take with that. And so just equipping the team with like resources outside of the company, but then basic resources internally that we can kind of steer and guide. And if it helps, and then if not, move on to something else. How far do you think that you guys would go with that? Like, obviously you guys created, I think like an affiliate playbook, which was kind of like an ops manual type scenario. Yep. How deep will that go? Will there ever be open office hours where you can get on a call with, uh, you know, with Ackerman and, you know, ask him questions like, like, or, or somebody like that. We, will it ever go to that degree or is it, we're just gonna, we're gonna do a little, but no more than a licensed model should, or than we ever originally agreed to. Right. So we do have, um, for new affiliates that are coming in, um, we have a, a beta project out there for new affiliates to kind of walk them through a lot of steps. So you just, 
if you're thinking about buying an affiliate, you're thinking about starting an affiliate, or you just did within a certain year. So we're running through that. So you'll have a session on finance. You'll have a session on like real estate. You'll have a session on, you know, different areas within that. And then kind of go from there. Do you, does it, do you need additional support? And what is that additional support? So we're building that project out now. Um, as far as existing affiliates, um, our team, the reps, I would say are pretty much like office hours 24 seven. So um, if you need something from there, that would be like that office hour. And then we could connect you then too with like Ackerman or Fern um, for, you know, something deeper and specific within, within that scope. And so where are, so going back to that, like um, these, the current, like uh, the beta program, what is that? Is that yep. like HQ is doing that? Who, like, who is actually the person on the other end teaching them about the financing or whatever it may be? Yeah. So we have internal HQ employees leading that. So um, Andrew Charlesworth is leading the the finance one um, and that'll be Fitting. like a nine, yeah, like a 90 minute session. Um, on that, we have um, someone that's a successful business owner, also seminar staff, leading. That um, was Zach Forrest is leading something. I forget what exactly he's leading on, but a couple other um, internal partners that are leading each like division of things. And so it is managing your people, coaches' development, um, just kind of full circle. Got it. Yeah. Will it? Well, let me ask you, uh, this is like kind of going in a little bit different direction. Uh, you it probably won't be able to give this a good answer on this till probably a year cycle. Was there any talk of how many people we think will lose with the price raise? Like it was there like, you know, like a gym owner, you raise prices, you kind of have this idea like, yeah, maybe 3%, you know, something like that, or maybe zero. Are you, did you, what were the, like, what was the predictions? Cause nobody does that without, you know, playing worst case, best case. Yeah. Yep. So there was um, predictions on a global level of like 12 to 14% um, that we would see fall off during 2024 um, because of the price change. And then um, with the level two requirements, which would actually be a year um, within that, but um, also adding on, adding on top of that. So you would not be able to like renew um, if you didn't have valid credentials. So that, is an extra like we had um, 1,600 affiliates worldwide that didn't have valid credentials. So um, within that, meaning like an expired L1 or L2 or whatever, and so that's kind of we pulled into that bucket there. Okay, I yeah. always thought I always. I mean, again, this is probably something you guys maybe have already had a discussion on. So with other license models, uh, if I want to sell, I just can't sell it. Uh, just like a lease a lease would have to be assumed and the landlord would have mm -hmm. to approve the assumption of the lease, kind of like with a loan. Yep. If Sally sells her affiliate to John, John doesn't just get to be an affiliate owner. Like he still, you guys have to approve that, correct? Yes. Yep. Yep. So has there ever been, cause there's, there was one company tried doing it back in like 2017. It didn't go well, but it's called Jim exchange. But has there ever been the thought of like, hey, listen, affiliate owners, some of you guys, it might not be the best thing for you to be an affiliate. You might be looking to get out. You let us know that you're looking to sell your affiliate and we essentially have a record or a marketplace or whatever of all the affiliates we're going to sell. Because there's also aspiring entrepreneurs who just took their level one, but getting brand new real estate in you know, wherever Cincinnati, Ohio is a pain in the dick. Oh, but if I would have known that there was an exchange where I could go and see what's listed for sale, because CrossFit's got to approve me anyway. So I, they're going to be a part of this process regardless. Right. That way I can at least go there and see that exchange. Is that something that's ever been thrown around or would that be something that'd be maybe detrimental to the brand? Because I had a Vaughn Vernon on here who's affiliate guard, AKA guard. Yep. So he has all the records because anytime you sell your affiliate, that's one of the guys you got to let know is the insurance handler. So yep. he has the records of all the insane amount if there's at the peak 16,000 affiliates and the, then whatever i forget the number he said but it was an impressively high number in the, in the u.s that have exchanged hands yes there's a lot of second hand third hand seventh hand gyms out there yes um, very much how have you guys talked about that is that is there an opportunity or a conversation to be had around that process yep there is. So we have um, Nick on our team. So he is um, for business development and 
that was one of the things that we've kind of like, he's helping develop that beta program now, but also something on his list to look at as how would we, how would we number one market that, or how would we inventory that? What would that, what would that look like? And so I don't know if that's going to be something that will be in the near future or later this year, first of next year, but is that, and then also a job board um, type thing for, for coaches and, you know, affiliate owners looking and or for coaches to kind of post that they were out there. Do you believe CrossFit is a brand or is it so big now via the definition of constantly varied functional movements of high intensity that it's a genre? I mean, you, you, okay. You look at a barbell next to a Dynamax ball and a rower and you pull 50 people, you're probably going to land on CrossFit the majority of the time. Yep. You look at what Orange Theory is doing. We can argue the functional level or not of the movements, but again, it's essentially constantly very functional movements at high intensity. And I could name that with every popular franchise in the fitness industry right now. So with that being said, though, when so many people adopt what you do with different variations, that's a genre. It's hard to keep the integrity of a standalone brand in that regard. It's kind of like bodybuilding is not a brand. It's a genre, yep. right? So it's yep. like, yeah. how is CrossFit a brand or a genre? I guess is what I'm asking. I feel like it's a brand. I'm going to say it's a brand. Yeah. So um, that has a genre underneath <laughs> underneath the umbrella of it. But um, no, I feel like it's a brand because we have we have so much more than I think just a barbell and you know a med ball and a rower. Yeah. I mean that. So especially where we're going with partnering with the um, more so the CrossFit for Health and just really kind of putting a lot of emphasis on more than just the physical you know, lifting a barbell, um, but actually the, the health benefits, the mental health, the social health, the, you know, just in general, everything else that comes with, within that. I've been asking that, the question I asked you, I've been, I, for years now I've been asking that and where I think I'm landing on it now is I think now functional fitness is more the genre now. And then, you know, there's just interpretations of it with CrossFit being one and, you know, Orange Theory being another version or interpretation of functional fitness. I think that's that's more or less it. Do you believe that there is some bipolar, you know, some bipolarness of the brand when you have a methodology to uh, solve the world's, world's most vexing problem, but you also have a sport for the fittest in the world, and these two things can be at odds with each other? I understand that the the grandmas and Olympic athletes differ by the greener kind. But at the end of the day, methodology and sport are truly two different things. Um, do you believe those things are at odds with each other? And what do you, if so, what's the solution? Yeah, so I don't feel like they are at odds with each other. They are definitely at the other end of the spectrum, but I think there's a good place with both um, for that. So obviously the elite of the elite would be at the other end of the spectrum, but there's also sport within everyday gym and everyday fitness. And just, you know, like with grandma lifting things, right. She can still have a little bit of sport, that competitiveness, that adrenaline that kind of gets in that sport is kind of where we sometimes will move that needle and get into that intensity and see improvement. So um, I feel like they complement each other. Now I will say a lot, a lot of people have said that it's that they don't complement each other and that sport is is bad for the brand but i think it's just all in how as an individual business owner we can continue to market both um, especially thinking about how we're marketing so much for the open and how inclusive and everything we are getting within our gyms and our affiliate owners and our members to participate in the open that's part of the sport but it, we drive that community around it so much and that's what like the biggest party of the year for a lot of gyms and, uh, you know, I personally think that there's, I personally would probably would want to rename instead of the CrossFit Games, whatever trademark, you the sport of the fittest or something like to me personally, just like how I like would think of it if, if I own CrossFit. However, when people do bring up, I think it's horrible for CrossFit. I'm like, yeah, guess what? You know how many people show up to the Chicago Marathon and there's only one Kachobi. Like there's only one, right. like, again, like there's an elite element and a very unelite element of that entire thing. Right. And yep. there's a bunch yep. in between yet. They're all runners. They identify under this noun, but again, nobody owns running. 
It's not a brand. Yeah. It's a genre, just like bodybuilding. Whereas CrossFit, though, you're right. It, it is technically a brand. I mean, a brand is any, any person, place, or organization or thing in which somebody has a gut feeling about it when they hear it. Some people hear running and they go, oh, God, fucking running. I see yeah, these assholes no. at like six in the morning when it's cold out running. Fuck that. I never do that. No. <laughs> and then there's other people that yeah. running is life, right? Yeah. It's life. Yeah. Yep. So with that in mind, I agree with you in that I believe that CrossFit can be the entire, can be the spectrum of it. And the sport has different, ver you know, there's just different skill sets and people do it. Some people do it professionally. Some people do it on the weekends and whatever it may be. I, where the affiliate owners, I think, get upset again, I think is a, a feeling of like they're not in control of 50% of their naming convention, right? Like, yeah. oh, I'm CrossFit. And I've always said, like, CrossFit shouldn't be who you are. I Listen, I did, I was CrossFit South End. Now, I leveraged CrossFit at the, you know, when it's crushing on Google SEO and it was, we were popping off and I, I loved every minute of it. And then I, it helped me get to where I am today. And then I use Southend, my geographical location, this cool little district in Charlotte, North Carolina. It worked out beautifully. However, I tell a lot of affiliates, CrossFit, it doesn't need to be who you are. It's what you do. It's, it's a methodology you do. You also could offer personal training. You could mm -hmm. also offer Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, whatever. It's, it's a thing that you offer, um, but it doesn't need to be who you are. You, can, you still have a responsibility, or you could have a responsibility to deform your own brand. But if you are going to run with CrossFit South End and then bitch and complain because you don't think CrossFit's portraying you in a good light, then stop being a lazy fuck and come up with your own brand name and image and just have CrossFit be the methodology. You don't even have to talk about it. Is there anywhere in the affiliate license agreement that says if you are an affiliate, you must use the name and it must be articulated in your website that this is the methodology you use? Um, so you do have the license agreement does say like your website has to be like CrossFit Greer. Um, so that so has to have, be somewhere was that, on Was there a moment in time when you didn't have to have CrossFit in the name? Um, I'd have to go back and check and see because I'm trying to remember like I know – a lot of people are like CrossFit Greer, DBA, whatever fitness kind of spectrum from that. But yeah. in the license, it does say like on your website somewhere for us to approve it, you do have to have like the, I think the journal the, link. The last, did that journal link used to have to be a requirement on there um, from that? But now you do somewhere on your website have to mark that you are CrossFit so and so. Um, and then there's no, Obviously, a lot of people have updated their website, changed their website, and so there's not a lot of auditing until like we come in and like update things, or maybe like with a map, um, giving affiliate owners to update the affiliate map so we can get more leads and things like that. And if people are reaching out to change their website link or to um, add it, that's one of the things that we're testing. Is like it does need to somewhere say in there that's CrossFit um, for there, but it could essentially still be like something in other fitness that have CrossFit so-and-so on there. Got it. So I couldn't, like you couldn't, like if you fell in love with the, and don't do this, would be a horrible video. If you want to be the Greer Go-Getters, GreerGoGetters.com. Okay. That's what we are. Yeah. That's what we do. We go get it. We just happen to get it with constantly very functional moves, high intensity. We are a CrossFit affiliate. We have a badge in the footer of the website, but are you allowed mm -hmm. to run with a naming convention that doesn't use the name? if you have some kind of badging element or some kind of, you know, presence, you know, you know, like a USAW facility has a banner up in the corner, right? right? Yep. But it doesn't yeah. have a naming convention that says USAW weightlifting. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, you can have that like, and I have to double check to make sure it's, if it hasn't changed, but you can um, have like the mark of that other fitness, something, another, and also CrossFit Greer on there. Yeah. And for a lot of people listening, like, so I was a CrossFit affiliate when I changed my unique belief in fitness. And I, I and again, it's not that I didn't believe in constantly varied functional moves, high intensity. It was how I had been providing it as a CrossFit gym for years. There were certain things and movements I, I put more emphasis on than I should have, but I created a clientele that was fiending for that, you know, having 28 year old employees of Bank of America crying on a Friday because some chick in Omaha, Nebraska beat her in the open. And I'm like, lady, what the fuck are you doing? Like, this doesn't matter. What, what did I do? I, it is my fault. I created a monster. So I rebranded 
to urban movement. But I, I kept paying for my affiliate fee almost because like, you know, I always talk about there's a couple people if I bumped into them in real life, I'd cry like a baby. And I think Glassman, it, it'd be one of them. Like I, I, get, <laughs> I owe where I'm at today because I listened to that guy's, I mean, I listened to him almost like they were podcasts back in the day when I drive to Nashville for my internships with the NSCA and I'd listen to all his talks and it really did. And I mean, it's really inspired me to go to where I am today. And, but when I think of everything like that, and I would became the urban movement, I still paid that affiliate fee and I still was hosting level ones or level twos. And for, for a couple of years and without any naming convention and all I did is I had CrossFitSouthend.com, and if you put that in and you searched it, you clicked it, it took you to Urban Movement, right? Like there was like, so I still had like a, I had a, you know, you landed on it, boom, you put in CrossFitSouthend.com and it redirected you. And um, I don't think anybody had an issue with that. I mean, and I, maybe back then there wasn't a lot of oversight on it. I'm not, I'm not sure what yeah. the rules are now, but yeah, um, yeah. But I just know that's. A... Oh, sorry, not to cut you off. I was going to say there's definitely a lot more to it. So if a, if a gym does, de, you know, depart um, from there and you're typing their website and it reroutes to someone. So that is still IP. Um, and so we can request a cease and desist as far as like seminars before we reach out to an affiliate to host, they have to be flying the flag. So like their building has to be CrossFit, their website has to be CrossFit. Um, and just, you know, can, it has to be prevalent. It can't just Makes be sense. go get our fitness from that. Sure. Yeah, no, yep. it makes sense. Um, and it does. And also at the same time, it's like, you know, not that it's a lot of money, but it's like, if you're, you know, again, this is where the world of like CrossFit now, it would be combative of what I said of like, well, CrossFit now has to be who you are, not only what you do type scenario. Yes. Yeah. But if you're going to be a license, it's technically, you know, like Calvin Klein's a license. People don't pay the money for the Calvin Klein license to, to not put Calvin Klein on the ass cheeks of underwear right? Like that's, yeah. that's part of it. It is, it's such a funny place. And, it, and again, it's like these conver this conversation isn't get had on any other, at no other level, Zumba, uh, you know, um, Jazzercise. I mean, any of the other, you know, board 30 OPEX, they have other license models. Um, we're not having this conversation and it, it's because when you're the biggest, largest license model in the history of fitness, uh, yeah. in a brick and mortar setting, at least. Um, how have things changed for you guys since COVID on the front of obviously like what I thought of you, like your revenue pillars, yeah. education. So certs, yep. affiliations, as far as that yep. goes, the games was a loss leader, right? That didn't make any money. I might, is my understanding, but like, those are your, those are your big ones. Yes. Um, yep. How is it? How is education now? Is there? I mean, like, I mean, I fought for years we held, I hosted certs and, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, are those still happening in person at the same clip? I mean, I remember back at the old CrossFit. I mean, you remember this back at CrossFit.com? There'd be the little collage photo of all the certs that happened over the weekend, and you're like, "Holy yes. fuck!" That's sixty people times fifteen images in that yeah. collage. A ton of it, yeah. What does that look like now? Is it online? Is it still in person? Yeah, so there are the online level one, um, there's in-person level one, level two. Um, CrossFit Kids uh, has now gone to um, online. And I would say that like the capacities are smaller, so you're not, it's far and few to find the 60 person uh, level one, like there were back in the day. And that I think definitely is a lot played into to COVID with that. Um, I have seen seminars increase this you know, so far this year, so seminar registrations increased and we're trying to expand into other markets as well. So instead of consistently going to the same gym every time, like, can we go 30 minutes down the road, an hour down the road and reach a different crowd um, with some people still drive and just kind of testing that out in different markets um, with that to, you know, not necessarily get more education for level ones and level twos, but also to bring CrossFit to that market. You know, maybe there's an affiliate owner that's close by or someone that's like, oh, you know, I'd love to open up a gym here. And then we're just like, oh, here's a level one right near you um, type thing. In your role in this, in this, this U.S. position, this like national kind of position as far as that goes, 
is the org chart fit it? Like, how is that org chart going to develop? Like, is there obviously like, you know, it's, you know, there's you and then there's all these, you, you support these regional, these six regional reps kind of scenario. Yep. Do you guys have plans to expand this affiliate support type org chart? Um, at this time, I don't see any need to expand that. Um, our actually customer support team that themselves have um, brought in new leader in that role back in the fall, and she's amazing. So um, she's been around CrossFit forever, um, Leah Pulaski. And so she um, has come in and set policies and processes in place so that that support team can be very efficient and supporting. And so between that, we're kind of trying to find a line to where like we can actually go out, support our affiliates, connect with them, do what we need to do. And then they can handle the support aspect of any admin, um, things like that. If our team does grow, I would say I can see our team adding in some support people underneath them. So support as far as um, social media, um, stuff, handling some regional roundtables, doing connections um, with with partners and um, just helping on events and things like that. But as of right now, our team is is pretty comfy. So, I uh, Somebody posted a screenshot up in one of these Facebook groups that they still let me be a part of for some reason um, about there's new language in the affiliate, uh, the re-signing agreement that talks about uh, affiliate fees can be increased annually up to a certain percent or something to that degree. Now, yeah. to me, I'm like, well, duh, I, I, I personally recommend that to most clients I work with that own gyms that put some kind of an annual 3% increase in this thing, like, especially with, you know, I think just to even keep in line with a basic commercial lease that goes up by 3% annually or triple net kind of scenario. But yeah. Do you foresee what I think other people are predictive of is like, okay, Cross is going to do more, do more, do more, do more. The price has to go up at some point. Like, you know, did you guys shed the, the 10, 12, 15, whatever that number was you thought you'd shed globally on the first one? And is it, and I, I know no one's going to admit like or say this, but like, is there any thought that less doing better would be better? Right. Less affiliates. Yes that are doing better would actually be better? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, and, and with all respect, right? So like we all have those members that we like to fire. Um, and so sometimes those affiliate owners that, you know, are just, they're not doing really good in business wise and they're just not helping bring up the brand in general. And so um, in regards to in regards to that, there's always gonna be your bottom 10 um, that you can, I don't wanna, disrespectfully say that right because we want everyone to do this but if owning an affiliate is for you or not for you like that's a business decision that you need to make and if the relationship and the partnership doesn't work out then you know that's it doesn't work yeah. out so. with the license agreement the thing is you know while you can't tell them how to run the business you can in a license agreement set certain standards that if not met, we just don't renew your license the next year. We don't take yep. it away from you or anything like that necessarily. I mean, there's certain things you could obviously take it away for, but would there ever be a level of checks and balances installed where, I mean, I know there's currently, like you have to obviously do the things we were talking about earlier at the website and the naming convention, but I mean, my God, I mean, the, the amount of national support, even global support you need to have like quality control people and anyone like that. Like it is, yeah. it's, it's absolutely insane to think of the scope of that, but like, yeah. is there a, is there a future in which, I don't know, uh, more affiliates, like it's, it's, you actually have to be on your P's and Q's because dude, they, if they find out you're fucking off or you're doing these things, they will just not renew your, your license the next year. Right. Yeah. Um, I think right now the only talk of what makes sense is like move requiring every affiliate owner to be a level two. Um, within a year after your 2024 20, renewal. So thinking about within that, the education that you get at the level two, um, even if you're not coaching or not, even if you aren't coaching your affiliate, you can still need to know what your coaches are doing and how to hold them to those expectations. So we feel that um, having owners be at least a level two will help project some kind of like quality within their affiliate. We know it's not going to capture everything, but I think still, like you said, balancing that line between like being a franchise and, you know, and not being a franchise, what we can and can't do as a licensed model 
And so I think we really like the model of affiliate owners having the autonomy to do, do whatever they do, but know that like rising to rising ships will rise everything. And, you know, we don't want you to be that affiliate owner that's pulling us down. I started really, um, I always, I always wanted the sport of CrossFit to get very, very much more professionalized. Cause I thought that would help affiliate owners, especially like in the situation I was referring to that I was dealing with, you know, my members now would not, you know, be like, you have a nine to five job. There's no way there's an 18 year old who would whoop crush you in any one of these open workouts. There's no chance. And I'm not here to deflate anyone's dreams, but like I can, I can cross dribble and I've got a decent hook shot, but I'm not going to play in the NBA. Right. That kind of like the, the more professional, legit, the sport gets, the more the people realize, okay, I'm not making it. It was, I mean, I remember when there was the sectionals and the regional, like the early days of the regionals, when like you, You you could be a fringe bubble open athlete and fucking make it and go, you know, anyone's like, I went to the games. I'm like, pre 2016, 2017 or (laughs) afterwards, like, dude, dude, don't, don't. Um, but with that being said, and the professional, the real thing I noticed is like when you started seeing like the barstool versions, like what barstool is to the NFL, NBA, PGA, that's like the savants and the, the Mm. Hiller fits. And like, you have like the fun, like the entertaining commentary with their own opinions. And I'm, I'm all for that and the content and all that. But there seems to be a lot more of it now that has an opinion on this thing. And that's when I was like, oh, this is CrossFit's up actually on the up and up because there wasn't as much of this previously. But that's kind of like the full circle of a brand that's actually relevant. You got to have a strong camp of people who make their living or their whatever they do commenting on your shit. That was the yep. that was a big part that I thought was missing. How do you guys think of the the new content? these hubs and these, you know, these, you know, or, you know, whatever channels, whatever you want to think of them um, that throw shade or maybe have thoughts and stuff like that. I know, obviously, you know, probably most people, the answer is going to be like, yeah, they can have their own opinions. But like, I personally think, I think it's great for the brand. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we like every brand needs that, Um, you know, the good and the bad and the feedback. And it also is, you know, is this, is this the sentiment? Is this something that's really like take back and to think about? Like, is this something we need to make changes or need to do? Or is it just like, oh, that's cool. Like we have five more followers because, you know, of this person posting that and saying that. And then also having a thick skin, right? So you can't can't be offended if someone says anything or, or makes fun or, or something like that. It, you know, it's, it's going to happen with any and everything. Just, you know, watch the comments after a basketball game or after the Super Bowl. And you know, people are like, oh, the 49ers, you know, like lost and the, you know, chiefs like cheated and, you know, all this stuff. So there's always going to be negative like around it, but I think it's needed um, out there to the good and the bad. The Instagram handle, the CrossFit book. Is that like Mm -hmm. the room, like Greg's got a book that that'll get public, but it couldn't be called the CrossFit book. That, that definitely would be lawsuit ready. Right. And I, I would think so. Unless there's like something in that sale agreement that allows him to say that so yeah when greg got when greg tapped out and sold were you mm-hmm. when did you de-affiliate did you do anything with the comments and twitter and stuff like that where, where, where was your stance on all that yeah i was um i was more like oh my gosh what like what does this mean like does this mean that like crossfit's just gonna be gone because i really did identify with like i'm crossfit and like my gym is CrossFit and we are CrossFit and was like super passionate about it. So I was really concerned about like, oh my gosh, does this mean the brand's going to just go away? Like, what does this mean for my business? What does this mean for my people? Um, but I, I stayed, I stayed with it. So I stayed true. I was like, you know what? Like everyone makes a comment, like it happens every single day with, you know, pol- politics and, you know, whatever. And, and I think like, I think we'll be okay. And just kind of wrote it out and adjust to my community that like, Hey, you know, if it doesn't matter, like what someone else says, like, this is our community and this is what happens in in here. And this is still like my business and we're still going to run it the same way. And, um, so like everyone was respectful and a lot of people are like, who's at that point, like, who's Greg, you know, like four people knew like who he was. And I think that's where like a lot of people are still is like, who's Greg. And, you know, some people are like, who's Dave Castro, you know, kind of thing. 
And you're also in Greater South Carolina, so they're like, actually, I've also got additional. I wish you would have said something else. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, just, it, it was very back. much deep south. Yeah, if, <laughs> deep south. Yeah. If you would have been yeah. in Seattle or Portland, it, like, it would have been a different story, right? Yes. Um, yeah. They're like, your green hair doesn't fool us, Jen. We know you're right. not as progressive <laughs> as we are. Um, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. I'm the one thing I've always been really interested in in with the growth of CrossFit on there is. And you guys, Mike, I know you just announced a group of affiliate owners. I saw uh, Jason Kalipa being one of them. And there's a handful of others. Is there a part like where you guys at some point have to gather the top performing businesses in CrossFit, like truly P&L statements, not like their community loves them, but legit stuff and start figuring, okay, what did, let's grab the top 4% of affiliate owners based on numbers and then, yep. you know, that's got to be by submittal because you guys can't require them to submit these. It'd have to be volunteer or whatever it may be. Right. And then start creating an avatar. Like, again, that that's the thing I think that looks more like eventually a franchise model is when you start figuring out what does the ideal square, aka box, and the financial yep. model of this look like based on all this. Well, you guys have done great videos with like CrossFit Roots and Ben Bergerai and like little round table discussions where people talk about best practices. And best practices are nice because they play on the side of the license and they don't get you guys in any trouble. But at some yes. point too, I mean like there's no way that the C-suite at CrossFit isn't genuinely curious as to what oh, yeah. the P&L looks like at the top 5% of CrossFit affiliates. Yeah. So we did um, last year, we did a reach out in two regions just to get um, any affiliate owners that wanted to volunteer that information. And so they sent like their uh, monthly revenue, um, their rent, like just breakdown of everything, how much they paid their coaches, how much they paid themselves. And so we kind of took some, um, again, best practices from those affiliates and we still have that information. It's just a matter of like, within that small data set, like how to get it out there. And unfortunately, a lot of response from affiliate owners are, you know, yeah, but I'm not there or I'm not there. And so like, they can't see the, you know, they can't see where they can go. They're just clouded by like, what is up there? And so it's just like, they don't want to take the first step. And I'm like, you got to take the first step if you want to even get to here. Um, but they're so blinded by that. But but yeah, so we do. We did reach out to some, and um, and that's kind. Of, I don't. I don't want to say like that's where our affiliate council came from, but we, through that research, had found that some successful business owners um, and affiliate owners who started from the bottom, pretty much from that, and have a big say in the affiliate in the community, and can speak on behalf of of affiliates as well, but as an outsider, um, to CrossFit and just. Like, here's what people are saying, and we can kind of run things in front of them. So I'm super excited about that affiliate council um, that we have. So we have um, some U.S. people on there, and then we have some international as well. Some people might not think I'd say this, but, like, in defense of, like, I, in my circle of, you know, people I talk with in this world of, like, dealing with franchises and small business owners, stuff like that, CrossFit gyms kind of have this stereotype of like this really shitty ran mom and pop small business, these fucking creatures with the roll up bay doors and no business acumen and this whole yet. And I think a lot of there's that. And I think there's this, you know, taboo, but then there's also like some gym owners like you said, like, I'm not there yet. And they're like, I, I haven't made it. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to reframe what making it is like we all do realize over 50% of any small business doesn't make it now. Right. In the fitness industry, what we found, I think at least what I found in the, this micro gym, mom and pop, small group fitness thing, everyone is guaranteed about three years. I, I don't know many people that failed in under three years. Yep. Uh, most people are guaranteed five. You really got, if you're not doing well, you can stretch it to seven, but your spouse is going to hate you when you HELOC your fucking house. But like 10 is now the current thing. But everyone's like, yeah, so these gyms are barely making it 10 years. I'm like, yeah, but it's also such a young movement in and of yeah. itself. Like getting to a decade, again, if 50% of us are going to fail by an by a small business standard, yeah, most of us won't make it 10 years then. That's like, that's, that's right. just basic numbers. I almost wish the numbers of the businesses in CrossFit could be aggregated and shared just to, so some owners realize, oh, 
I'm actually average. Like you guys are great at sharing how fast people can do thruster races at the open every year on a leaderboard. <laughs> I'd love for some of these business owners to just be like, oh, I'm I'm doing twenty nine thousand dollars a month on a twenty three percent profit margin. I've been you know going to bed at night thinking I'm a loser. In my region, I'm actually top thirty percent. Like, yeah. you, you know, I I feel like. Uh, that would be really beneficial to a lot of owners. And then on my other side of the fence where I also live, I think it would also change the stereotype that a lot of outside of the small business, like guys who like my, my colleagues that only work in health clubs and franchise and things like that. And everyone just kind of shits on the small business. Mom. I do think I just lost your volume. You can't hear me. I can. God damn. I knew like, I was like, man, this thing was way easier than I thought it was going to be great. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Anyway, where the fuck was I? Um, oh, yeah. Anyway, so just like, yeah, sharing these numbers with, is there any opportunity there, A, to let gym owners know what good actually is? Because I think they're like, unless I make a million dollars a year, like, this is insane. Like, like I'm, I'm yeah. a failure. But then also, too, like, if the numbers suck, that's okay. If the numbers are great, it attracts people to maybe thinking of opening up one of these businesses. But if it's all just ambiguous and we're like, I just drive by shitty warehouses, so they probably all suck. I know a lot of shitty warehouses that are making five hundred thousand to a million dollars a year. Yep. So, what are the thoughts there? Yeah. So I think yeah, having, having affiliate, affiliate owners. Oh, there's an echo. Sorry. Um, having affiliate owners share that share information and to volunteer to share that information is probably like one of the hardest things to do because affiliate owners are like why do you want my information why do you you know we're we want to be autonomous to run our own our own thing and so um having the affiliate owners share that would be amazing and a good a good venture into what what it would look like regionally got it well okay well, and before the rest of this tech fucking just shits the bed on me, Jen, I've enjoyed talking with you. This is great. Um, hopefully now I have you and two people in CrossFit, you and Andrew, who do not dislike me. So, um, but I, uh, this, thank you so much. And I, I know you're slammed and busy taking time on a Friday. Uh, it means a ton to me. If anyone was listening and they would like to get in touch with you, they got a question. Maybe they're an affiliate owner. Maybe they're not. What's the best way someone could reach out to you? Yeah, um, yeah, so they can, um, so they can Instagram, Instagram me. me. It is, it is green, green underscore Jen or email, email. It's Jen dot green at CrossFit.com. Awesome. Yeah. Jen Green. You are a real one. I appreciate you. Um, if I'm Thank ever uh, in the Greer area of uh, South Carolina, I will definitely hit you up. Awesome. Thank, awesome. You, so Thank you so much.